You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm Luke, your host. I'm joined as usual by Steve and Vicky. Hello, hello. Hello. We're actually recording our second episode of the day. Two in a row. Because uh, Steve and Vicky are about to take a little well-deserved vacation. One little week. We're taking our trailer. We become nomads, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. I don't. You know what a nomad is? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what a nomad is? Okay. Someone who has nomads. It's <laughs> never mad. Isn't that right? <laughs> Steve's face has been happy two times in his life. I'm going to have to uh, probably, (laughs) I'm going to have to sneak out. I'm going to sneak out probably in the middle of this. So if you're watching on video and all of a sudden I'm crawling under the table, don't worry about it. Or if Vicky stops speaking and you think she's offended, she's not. Or Steve just uh, co-opted the show. Yeah, talks over her. She's just never, she's just not here anymore. I reached out and grabbed her lips. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say goodbye right now. Hello, goodbye. (laughs) Hello, goodbye. But, uh. On that note, then, since Vicky's time is limited, we're going to just dive in pretty quickly Perfect. today. So we are in uh, Matthew 7, and we're going to read uh, some very familiar verses again and see what the Lord reveals to us. So um, Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Let's keep going. Why not? Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven Give what is good to those who ask him. Wow, there you go. I'm sure Steve has something to say. (laughs) Don't you, honey? Well, it's always hard for me to take a blip from the Sermon on the Mount. Right, for sure. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. It's one. It is. If you were were able, if you got lost on a desert island and your your Bible got wrecked. Mm. This would be it. And you were able to rescue from the sea some pages. You would hope it were these pages. Mm. How to know Jesus and know what he, he's, how he is and, and what he loves for us to do and say and how to live. The Sermon on the Mount is it. And you know, this, this is, um, Asking it will be given to you is one of the most commonly quoted verses. And it's something that everybody wants. I want to ask and get what I ask for. (laughs) And, you know, it it follows, do not give dogs what is holy. I mean, you know, do not throw your pearls before swine. It just goes on and on. Yeah. It's like we don't, we want to pick and choose. And the Sermon on the Mount is a way of living that. What Jesus is presenting to them, what it is to be his disciple. Mm. To be his disciple is to ask and be given, seek and find, knock and have doors open to you. I'm not positive that, ev- you know, it, that it, even though it says for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds mm. and everyone who knocks is open, well, you know, and based on the personality of God. But what I think we're missing in this asking, knocking, and seeking, 
is what the Sermon on the Mount is mostly about is teaching the Jews how to have a Father in Heaven. This flow, this burst, this fountain of the Sermon on the Mount comes from when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven. And he's already just told them, don't be like the Gentiles who have no father. Be Have a father in heaven. And when I look at my life and the things, I I will confess right here, and you can record it and play it. recording it. I I don't always get what I ask for. Every door isn't opened. It isn't. It could be caused you to be really jaded and, and... and that's where I think, I'm sorry, I th- remember your thought, but I, I just... Re- <laughs> uh, I won't. I never do. No, I'm just, in Christianity, this, actually, this bit of, of scripture is what causes people to lose their faith. It does, because they have an expectation of an outcome, but not an expectation of who they are. Hmm. This is about becoming someone, becoming a son to a father. It's, it's not, but everyone wants to say, I'm a son, but they don't want to treat him like a father. That's good. Like, they don't want to trust in him to the point of being totally dependent on him. Mm-hmm. One of the lines in this, do not worry about what you'll eat or drink or where you'll live. For life is more than this and, bre- you know, life is yeah. more than bread. And all the things he says in the Sermon on the Mount. That you want the outcome of knocking, seeking, and asking to be 100%. Yeah. And you want it to be the proven. But do you want to depend on him? Mm-hmm. The Christian church in America... Is now now tithes one less than one percent tithe wow. because they cannot afford to tithe. <laughs> Tithing is giving ten percent of all of your increase. That's your income. I don't. You know, you sell a car. You 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 get an inheritance. Whatever your increase is, giving to the church that supports you, that yeah. takes care of you, ten percent of the income, your gross income. Tithing. Less than one percent does, but a hundred percent quote these scriptures. A hundred percent are disappointed they don't get what they ask for. Wow. And the whole thing isn't about That's he's good. telling you who God is. For your father in heaven would give good things to his son who asks. To his to to son? the son. How what father amongst you wouldn't? And if you wouldn't give good things to your kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good things to His sons? And He says, when your son asks, well, when the Heavenly Father's son asks. So it's a, the whole thing is about becoming somebody. Mm-hmm. It's about becoming something. It's, will you trust Him like a child, and, and I'm talking about a toddler, like a four-year-old trusts their parent. Good. I We have a, a whole, I mean, they go around like a little brood with their teachers. And it is the cutest thing on earth to watch them trust those At teachers. Mm-hmm. But they, they, you, you see them with their dad. And I mean, those kids are totally dependent on their parent, their dad. Leave that kid out in the street for a night. And that kid is probably gone. Mm. The, nobody does that. Everybody, they were watched over by their father. And that's the picture we're looking at here. Have a father in heaven, but also be someone who depends on him. Yeah. You have a free will. So you're not a, you're not a four-year-old. A four-year-old doesn't have the wherewithal not to be dependent on his parent. But what he's saying is be like a four-year-old who depends on their parent. That's really good. What parent amongst you wouldn't give good things? And how much more will the father give good things to yeah. those who depend on him like a four-year-old? And in Christianity, you can't find anybody. They, in fact, they argue against and get jealous. You put yourself in a position, a position to depend on God. 
and people will call you names. They will say you're nuts. And a lot of people will get jealous if you're successful. They'll get really jealous and jealous and criticize because you're making them look bad. Well, that's the intention of this scripture is to teach you that you can be a person who asks, seeks, and finds. Mm-hmm. Knocks and gets in. The door is, if the door is locked, no one's going to open it. Mm-hmm. But he opens doors that no one can open, and he closes doors that no one can stay keep closed. Your father can direct you to the right doors. You don't make wrong choices about where you live when you're a four-year-old, depending on the Heavenly Father. You ask him, take, give me the best, and he gives you the best. Make me, make me happy. He makes you happy. You know, you, you delight yourself in your Father in heaven, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. He will grant you the desires of your heart. That's what this is talking about, you know? And I just, don't, I just baffle at the interpretation of the Sermon on the Mount. People want to use it as a magic wand. Let me make this incantation and get what I want. Let me just, you know, and they put it on a bumper sticker. They put it in a song, and it's theirs. Well, what about becoming somebody? That's good. Down at the very basis of your life, who do you trust in? Who do you count on? Who owns your life? Who does your life belong to, you or him? Hmm. Is he king all the time, or you just want him as father when you want to knock? Anyway. Yeah, I'm still so, Vicky, here. Before you do yes. go, I just want to ask you a specific question. Okay. So, obviously, with this, it's causing us or calling on us to trust in God like a father. So, for you, what is it that stops people from being able to do that? What's What's the you know? Well, I think the distrust number one of the yeah. father. Right. Um, um, America, I imagine most of the world is is littered with fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of. Um, at the father's house i don't know if we're a microcosm but it seems like the percentage of men and women that we have that their fathers really dropped the ball or are vacant or you know gone or or handicapped or whatever but it's really high so i think number one they don't know what a father is Hmm. and they don't understand a father and i just uh so the trust value is like if you can't see your if you can't trust a a father you can see it's very difficult to trust a father you can't see And uh, I thought I thought it was really interesting what Steve said is that like this scripture is taken so out of context to judge God the Father, and like I said at the beginning, you know, when I interrupted him, it's like it is the number one thing I think doing um, being a Christian for all these years is it's the number one thing that causes people to go astray because. They prayed and someone died. They did this and someone got cancer. They did this and they they weren't rescued, so they don't believe who God is. But you gotta read the whole, like you said, the whole Sermon on the Mount is such a incredible visual picture yeah. of how you should live. And you just, if you just, like he said, if you just go back, you know, just two paragraphs to talk about judging and and are you judging if you're gonna be judged and. Don't give to, you know, don't go give to what is holy to dogs. I mean, it's very, very, very pointed as to what precipitates ask, seek, knock, seek, you know, however it is. It's very pointed as to read the whole Sermon on the Mount Mm -hmm. to understand God the Father and then make it, make him your Father in heaven. You know, he said, Steve said, 1% of the Christian church in America tithe. Mm -hmm. Yet 100% want to say, just, they want to believe this, that no matter what you ask, he's going to answer. But you haven't even done the very 
least amount of what he's asking you, and that's called tithing 10%, which is really an old covenant thing. We should really be giving it all. So, and then give it all, and then you become like the four-year-old that Steve was talking about that just trusts his father. If I have nothing, I've been in my life where I've lost a lot, and that's when my faith increased the most. I heard somebody one day say, faith isn't faith until it's all you got. And it's so true. It's like then all of a sudden I don't have anything else to back. I have no money. I have no house. I have nothing to back up on. Then I have to trust him like a father because I can't trust myself because I have nothing. So does that answer your question? That's really good. It mostly is fatherlessness. So and, uh, for those people who have been fa- not fathered or who are fatherless, how can they take steps towards trusting? Well, I think they father? have to go back, like I said, two paragraphs and, and the judgment of their father mm-hmm. um, to do some real repentance and, and have the Holy Spirit really identify places where their father really let them down. Because no matter what you think of your father, those are the exact adjectives to describe the Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. However you see your he- uh, earthly father is exactly how you see your Heavenly Father. So it really is a matter of forgiveness. And it's not like, oh, I forgive him, I forgave him. Um, it's like I, re- I remember um, somebody that I prayed with, a few people I prayed with, through, with over the years, and they said, oh, no, no, I forgave my father. I'm like, well, would you just humor me? Mm-hmm. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. And it just was like a dam bursting because the Holy Spirit took him down to when they were kids and all the disappointments of their father. And p- I was writing pages and pages of, of hurts that they had. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you really didn't. See, you just <laughs> what we do as a, uh, adults, we just think it doesn't bother us. Yeah. And we just lock it in our hearts or in our identities. Right. So it's it really is. So the forgiveness of your father is so important. You can't just not identify it. It's really because you will put those attributes and those character flaws on God the Father. So, yeah, that's... Uh, well, I have something okay, to add there. You know how Vicky said it's to judge the father, right? Mm-hmm. And people, right here in the verses we're reading, it says everyone, anyone... And it tells a story about the father would give bread to the son who asked. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's intended to be a lock. Mm-hmm. The four-year-old asks, the four-year-old gets if it's good for him. Mm-hmm. And who, you know, the, how much more would the father give good things in the yeah. Holy Spirit? And go down to verse 21, and it says, Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So in one place it says everybody, mm. and then just a few verses later it says not everybody, mm. and then it says, depart from me who practice lawlessness. Mm. I think about when I raised my kids, and I would, they, would, they would look at me, like I'd say, don't touch that. <laughs> They'd look at me and start reaching. And I'd say, well, it looks to me like you have a choice to make. You can go ahead and touch that, and you and I will go in the room, and we will have a very unpleasant conversation. Mm-hmm. And your day will not go well for you. Mm. Or you can pull your hand back, move along, and we will continue to play this game we're playing, do what we're doing. We will continue to have a happy day. So you have a choice to make, and I'll just sit here and let you make it. Mm. And it taught, it's the greatest thing I've ever learned in parenting. Even my son Mark with Down syndrome sticking a pair of scissors in an outlet. Don't do that. <laughs> And he looks at me like and got that twinkle in his eyes. He's going to stick that scissors in that outlet. And I said, hey, you got a choice to make. You stick it in there and you're going to get shocked. It's going to hurt you. 
and you and I are going to go in the bedroom and have a conversation or you pull it back and have a very pleasant rest of your day. We continue on with what we're doing and even end up being blessed because you didn't stick it in there. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time, you know, depart from me who practice lawlessness after saying anyone who asks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really, you know, to take a ver- these verses out one by one and apply them, you have to have the whole story. Four-year-olds who practice lawlessness do not get what they ask for. They, do not, they don't get what they want. Hmm. But here he's saying everyone who asks receives, and I don't. So we judge God. We say that something's wrong with God because I don't get what I ask for. But the truth is I judge me. Yeah. I must not be behaving and approaching him as a son, a four-year-old son, approaches a father. It's me that's wrong, not him. Because if he says everyone who asks receives, then everyone who asks receives. Mm. And everyone being everyone who has a father in heaven and prays to their father in heaven and does not dishonor his name, hallows his name and does not dishonor it, but lives in his kingdom come and practices his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven and does those things. He's the one who receives the and what he asks for opens the door that he knocks on gets opened and whatever he seeks he finds yeah. and it's always good for him because he's seeking good because he's seeking it from his father in heaven so you have to ask the right person yeah and ask it, him for the right thing it has to be your father in yeah. heaven yeah and then he goes on to tell us about two foundations good fruit bad fruit yeah i mean what goes on after these verses is narrow gates and wide gates and it's two of everything mm. And yet in these verses, he says, everyone who asks receives, ask when it will be given to you. It's an absolute lock solid. Yes, you ask, it'll be given. But it isn't really true because then he goes on to say there's two foundations. Mm -hmm. And what? um, so we're back to people on the good foundation, people with the good fruit, people with the, you know, each thing correct, like made dug in the rock place or made their foundation on the rock of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. All those things, those people, they get a different outcome than the people who build on the sand, good. who have the branches with no fruit, yeah. who, you know, each one of these things. Right. And I think this is where we we are. The question is not, am I a son? Is he a father to me? Do I let him father me? That's really good. Do I trust in him? Now, I've had a really good long run. I'm hoping for longer. I really am. My, people ask me, and my life is so good. It really is a good life. I love my life. And I, I'd love for it to last a little longer, you know, a, a lot longer, mm-hmm. actually. I'd love to continue to enjoy this relationship with God as a four-year-old. But one day I'll graduate and, I'll, and I will be entered in. I hope that, uh, you know, when I say, Lord, Lord, he says, yes, my son, enter into my rest, my good and faithful servant. And then I'll graduate into adulthood mm-hmm. with God, maybe. I don't under I don't really know. I can't say I know, but I believe with all my heart that the goal I have on earth today is to make him my father, which if I'm successful makes me his son. And if I'm if that happens, then anything I ask for and anything I seek and whatever I knock at, I'll yeah. I'll get uh, you know, positive results. That's really good. I suppose one thing I was thinking of as we look at this is that, you know, the this this verse speaks on who God is, right? If we mm-hmm. ask him, we'll receive. These other 
bitch talking about like the narrow road, the wide gate, the different foundations. They're very much sort of on our end, right? Our decisions that we make. So one of the things we you said before is, you know, just, just because somebody received a healing from God, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go to heaven, right? No. Like, so in some respects, him being the perfect father that gives us good gifts and us being the one that gets to enter in his faithful servant are two different realities, right? Two like, different. Yeah. So who he is and who we are, we we have to sort of respond to his goodness in the right way, right? That's what all the teachings yeah. of Jesus are. This is who God is. This is Now you have to decide who you are. Yeah. All of them. He did the cross. Now everyone who responds to the cross... Now he does again. Yeah. But everyone who doesn't respond to the cross, they don't get with this stuff. Mm. And anyone who responds to the cross in a different way, like, I'm going to do it my way. Mm. Well, he, he told you his way. And I don't understand why the Gospels aren't the most talked about literature on earth. Mm. We talk all the time about all kinds of different stuff from Genesis to mm. Revelation. But the Gospels ought to be two to one, three to one, four to one, what we talked about, what we talk about mm. all the time. What did Jesus teach is required of me? Who did Jesus say I have to be? And what is, what is it I'm supposed to do if I want a positive outcome? You know, build your house on the rock. Mm. Stay on the narrow path. Go through the narrow door. All those things bear fruit. Be a tree that bears fruit. Yeah. But above all of those things, make him a father, not a, someone who contributes to your existence, your creator. Make him a father you depend on, that if you were left out, you'd be, you'd be doomed. Like a child being left in the yard or in the street all night is doomed. Right. A four-year-old, a three-year-old, they are doomed in the street all night. Yeah. You would be doomed without God. Yeah. If I tried to do this job without God, I'd be doomed. If I tried to be this father in this family, I will screw this family up right. without God as my father. Yeah. Without being a dependent of God, I am unable to do anything. And I think Paul's the one that said that. I am unable to accomplish anything of value unless I am in right standing with him. And the only right standing with God is to be a son fully dependent on him. That's good. There's the, there's the passage, I think it's John 8, right, where uh, the, there's the exchange between Jesus and the Pharisees, and there's this thing where they're saying, we're Abraham's children. He says, no, you're not, because you're actually uh, sons of the devil, cause, and they're like, no. And the whole thing is, he's saying, the evidence shows you're not yeah. a son of Abraham. That's because right. It shows that, that you're... A wonderful, right. uh, that's a wonderful uh, thing to bring up yeah. in this discussion. You know, people who say he's their father. Yeah. Jesus is saying, no. Yeah. Your actions speak louder than your words. You are proven to be sons and daughters of the devil. That flipped them out. <laughs> they went crazy. Yep. Wearing their robes, their phylacteries, mm -hmm. and saying their prayers on their pedestals, ruling over the temple, ministering over the Ark of the Covenant. You know, just being those people. For this guy to come along and say, no, Abraham's not your father. If he were your father, you would. Mm -hmm. And it was do something, yeah. believe something, yep. act a certain way. Yeah. And if he were your father, you would be glad to see me. For Abraham and Moses rejoiced to see my day. Yeah. 
So it has to be evidence of our sonship, not just that we claim it. But, That's right. But yeah. Because we're supposed to have attributes of the Father, right? Yeah. Claiming you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian any more than claiming you're a hamburger makes you one. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I guess, one of society's problems today is that it's all about what I identify as, and that's that's enough. That's right. And it's, evidence isn't important anymore, well, right? That's where we're going. Yeah. But, you know, that isn't going to get you no. the narrow gate, the narrow door. That yeah. isn't going to get you the rest of the father it's going to get you a wholly different outcome Mm -hmm. of having not had a father in heaven and not having a father in heaven does not get you doors opened Mm -hmm. doesn't get you seek finding what you seek or getting what you ask for Mm -hmm. and if you ask for god you get god if you delight in the lord he will grant you the desires of your heart if he's what you delight in if he's what you seek seek the lord first he will grant you all these other things. Well, that's what the purpose of a man is. That's what I'm supposed to be doing in this earth, is seeking after the Father as my Father, trusting Him as my Father, loving mm-hmm. Him as my Father, mm-hmm. choosing not to stick the scissors in the outlet, tr- not, choosing not to do what He said not to do, like live unholy, mm-hmm. live unrighteous, lie, cheat, steal, covet, all those things, envy, yeah. Be jealous, all those things. Try all my heart. But the big one is to forgive those who harm me yeah. the way he forgave me for harming him with my sin. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I don't think we need to go on too much longer. This one really is quite, um, it's deep. And like you said, you know, if you haven't read Someone on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5 of the Beatitudes at the start to uh, building your house on the rock at the end, then you need to just take that and sit down and let, let these words speak to you, reach you. And it's kind of like, I, I always see it as Jesus' like manifesto. Like if you know he gets up and says, this, this is what I believe, come, come and join this yeah. revolution with me. And it really is a, a completely different way of doing things. And it was a different way to the Jews then and today and, and to the world standard, it's still a completely different way. It blew their minds, man. Yeah. Near the end, he says, any man who would come after me yeah. must yeah. first deny himself pick up his cross and follow me. And anyone who would come after me must build his house on the rock. A foolish, anyone who hears these sayings of mine, after he just told that whole sermon, and acts upon them, is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the storm's going to come and beat against that house. And great will the fall of that house be if it's not on the rock. Now, I just paraphrased two two sentences, two paragraphs into one. But great will the fall of that house be if it's not built on the Mm -hmm. rock, if it's built on the sand. And that that is an either or, just like the rest of it. If he's your father in heaven, you're going to weather the storm. If he's your father in heaven, you're going to believe that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you, and you're going to give your life to Jesus and build your house on the rock. Mm. And then when the storms come, there's still storms, man. It's still The righteous and the unrighteous get rained on the same. Yeah. But the righteous endure, trusting that their Father's going to protect them and keep them safe. Mm. And in the end, when they call him Lord, he's going to say, Enter in, my good and faithful son. Enter into the rest that I have prepared for you from the foundations of the world. And he's going to invite you in. Yeah. And I just want to just encourage everyone hearing my voice, let 
the master in make him your father who art in heaven hallow his name which means honor his name and do not dishonor it Mm -hmm. hallowed be thy name Mm -hmm. let your kingdom come let your will be done my father i am your son he says the hireling runs in trouble but the son stays and stands in the gap and prays and resists and protects his father's vineyard the son, the good son, goes to work to make his father's vineyard successful. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of it that goes along in the Sermon on the Mount and all the teachings of Jesus can be summed up in be dependent on God as your father in heaven. Yeah. And not as an adult is dependent on their father, but as a toddler child is totally dependent for life, liberty, and everything else. On their father who art in heaven. That's really good. So if he's your father, you will listen to him. Yep. Yeah. Anyone who listens to these words yep. of mine and acts upon them yeah. has built his house on a rock. Yeah. And if you, because of your story and your life, listening to a father is a hard thing, don't make that the the thing that takes you out of this life that Jesus is inviting you into. Do something about it. You, you can forgive. You can find healing. You can be set free. But this isn't just a, a... It's probably a good idea this is life and death that you listen to him and obey him and get to know him because he says, you know, right after what we read, he says, uh, enter the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and are few who find it. And I, for one, want to be part of the few that find the narrow way. And I know that's only found by following him. Amen. So, guys, just this is the uncommon truth. And we sometimes say things that maybe you haven't heard before. And it challenges you. But we, we're going to keep coming and keep speaking these words because they are life. Amen. Amen. See you next time. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.